You're listening to a Tiger Hall podcast. For more interviews with many of the world's most inspiring business leaders, uploaded daily, download Tiger Hall from the App Store or Google Play. If you are among the many companies thinking about introducing artificial intelligence as part of employee experience, then please consider this podcast your perfect starting point, as joining us in the Tiger Hall is Anshul Shivpuri, Vice President and CTO for Data and AI at IBM. For anyone listening who is not currently using AI as part of their employee experience, could you paint a bit of a picture for us of what this would look like if this were to be introduced for them? Well, let's start about... Then let's start talking about what AI means for us as um, employees. Employees are also consumers. And, you know, when you go and hail a cab or watch a movie at home, you're experiencing AI. And employees expect the same experience that they do while engaging in these experiences as they do at work. And that's the new work experience that is the expectation of all employees, consumer-grade experiences. And great experiences like these require personalization. This makes AI not just a nice-to-have, but it's a business imperative now for many organizations. Let me give you an example. Today at IBM, IBMers engage with our learning platform, which provides personalized learning based on your profile, based on what other learners do. And this personalization is powered by AI. And this AI then makes it critical for high levels of adoption. So today, 98% of IBMers every quarter are using these personalized learning recommendations with a net promoter score of more than 60. So this is the power of what AI can do for you. It can drive high levels of personalization and adoption and help learners on a journey of achieving their skills aspirations. So could you paint a bit of a picture for me? So what's happening in this space right now and what's upcoming? Like what can we look forward to? So what's happening right now across the space is a lot of personalization in the moment. So you take a learning example which I just gave you or a hiring example. But this is these are just isolated instances of personalization. But if you think about what's happening in the consumer space, a lot of different personalized experiences are getting connected. That connectedness and continuous journey is what you will see occurring more and more in the employee space. So let me step back and talk about the overall transformation in this space. AI has the potential not just to transform specific experiences, but entire domains and industries. So when we talked about what a workforce means a decade ago, we would say, how many employees are there in Germany or in the United States? Today, we talk, talk about how many skills do we have? How many data scientists and designers do we have who are experts and thought leaders? And to be able to get to this level of precision and prescriptiveness, you need AI. And you need AI to connect the dots between how you hire, how you grow, how you promote, how you develop, how you pay employees, with skills as this connected tissue, the silver thread across the employee journey. So I'll give you another example. Today, thousands of IBMers find jobs at IBM based on personalized nudges that they get. So 
Pippa, would you consider a job as a content designer, as an example? Uh, and that's a weekly nudge you get at your own company. And the value proposition to you is it helps you meet your career aspirations. Maybe that's a job that you're interested in. Or there's some learning that you took that's relevant to that job or you have those skills. So it helps you meet your aspirations, but it's good for the company too because we're able to more effectively retain you uh, if you can meet your career aspirations at at IBM. So it's a win-win proposition. And uh, today at IBM, AI delivers more than $100 million of impact for the company every year. So that's the value that it brings for us. And this connectedness is what I see as the biggest transformation that will occur with skills as a silver thread in the future and is happening right now. Mm. What do senior executives typically not realize about the impact AI could have on their employee experience? And what do you think they should know? I think there's perhaps an underappreciation of the scale of impact that can occur. So the couple of examples that I just gave you, we're not talking about five employees or something which is occurring in a corner. This is about adoption at scale. 98% of IBMers receiving personalized learning every quarter. $100 million of impact annually every year. This is about massive transformation. It's occurring across industries and disciplines, whether it's sports, whether it's food, fashion, medicine, human resources, AI is transforming all industries and professions. And, you know, it's for the taking. Everybody has to get on this journey. Pass that on to senior execs, I know. Okay, so I was I was reading up on the topic and I was reading an article about how AI can be used to analyze individuals' habits and work out how best to, to train them. And my immediate thought was, wow, that's that's really cool. And then my second thought was, oh God, is that is that a little bit creepy? How, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about that. How closely might I be watched? So my question is, how do you address trust aspects that people might have in relation to AI in this space? That's a great question, Pippa. And what I would say up front is trustworthy AI is an emerging field. It's something that we've been talking about and thinking about for a while and taking action around, but it's not fully mature yet. What the approach we take at IBM is having a systematic approach. You cannot do this if you take an ad hoc reactive approach to trustworthy AI. And we have five pillars of trustworthy AI that form the basis of how we think about any project. This is not after you build an AI, then try and embed trust in it. This is upfront in the beginning. That's got to be part of how you design the AI. And those five pillars are transparency, not something, you know, particularly surprising, but very critical. Think about how when you go and buy a beverage or a food product at a grocery store, you read the nutrition labels. Why shouldn't you see the nutrition label of the AI? Transparency enables that, right? It tells you how good it is. Explainability. This is not just about a black box. Here is what you should do, Pippa. But Mm. why should you do it? Explaining the evidence behind it. And then you make the decision. The AI doesn't make the decision for you. It provides a recommendation with evidence. That's the second pillar. Explainability. The third being fairness. This is about systematic methods to find potential bias and then mitigate it. Fourth, robustness. 
having those levels of operational control around the entire AI lifecycle and having a code of conduct. Imagine being clear, right? This is what you should do. This is what you should not do. Equipping individuals and all stakeholders, whether it is professionals in the company, managers, IBMers, with that code of conduct. So it's not something that's in a black box, in a vacuum sitting somewhere, but you know, everybody knows about it and can have a dialogue around things that are working and things that could be better. And then the fifth pillar, finally, is privacy. It's about sharing information with people who have a need to know and would make a decision based on it. So those are the five pillars. And when you step back and think about those pillars as the core basis of how you develop, design, and deploy any AI, then that gives you a systematic approach for trustworthy AI. Do people often ask you about this, about sort of the privacy creepy aspects of it? Absolutely. It's, it's, an, <laughs> it's a very often asked question. And, and the other thing I would say to this is, and to, to, to senior leaders who are listening to this, you might think, oh, I'm alone. I'm trying to solve this big, complex problem. You're not alone. Everybody is on the same journey together. And I don't think it's something that we should solve on our own. Think about engaging your peers because everybody's going through the same thought process, the same questions. My personal belief and passion in the space is this is going to take many of us coming together, whether it is companies, civil society organizations, universities, to form the right standards so we can then get to a point where everybody understands what is trustworthy AI, what it is not, and how do you embark on a journey. So it'll take many to create a village here. Because as an individual, I mean, I, I find it creepy enough just that you know people out there understand my shopping habits. It sort of was almost a step further thinking, God, my company, HR, would have all this data on me. Is that something that you get that you get people asking you about a lot and a lot of worry? Yeah. I, I think there's two sides to this, right? One is once you are clear about the value you're delivering to the employee, personalized learning, personalized job recommendations, doing it in a way that's for the right problems, the right business problems, but the right user problems as well, and being transparent around it, I think creates that degree of clarity. Clarity is so important, you know. Sometimes it's so important to know the why, so then everybody can have an informed dialogue rather than a subjective sort of, oh my God, sort of discussion around it. Okay, a lot of what you've shared sounds so amazing, but what are the limits to what AI can do here? Right, I mean, there is a lot of hype around AI um, in the media. And, you know, sometimes people think it's sort of a black box, a, a magic wand that can solve any problem. But just mm. like with any other good technology, the AI is as good, is only as good as the problem you tune it towards. And the one thing I always tell um, my peers as well as other listeners to, to reflect upon is what is the business problem that you're applying it to is it solving a worthwhile business problem and is it solving a worthwhile user problem so does the user really have a need or is it a nice to have for the user and this intersection of the two the business problem and the user problem when you're operating at the intersection of the two that's the sweet spot that you need to be at. Otherwise, you can apply the AI on the wrong problem and it won't yield the outcomes that you're looking for. The final thing that I'd, I'd leave you with on this topic, Pippa, is you cannot have AI without what we call IA or information architecture. The data, the data platform around it, the AI is going to be as good as the data that you train it with. 
Otherwise, you get garbage in and garbage out, right? So that's the other limit, or rather the critical fodder for the AI to be effective. Do you have any statistics or even perhaps more anecdotal evidence about employee satisfaction, employee engagement, employee happiness when AI is introduced for employee experience? Employee engagement is all about feedback, listening to employees, synthesizing that into actionable takeaways, and then acting on that. The way you do that is that listening. I mean, think about today, how we are engaging. We're engaging in multiple social media fora. Today, IBMers engage on Slack with each other and ask me anything with leaders. They answer survey questions. All of these data points together are leaving digital footprint. The ability to synthesize this into the sentiment of the employees, so you can convert that into what are they looking for, and then associated actions that we can share back with IBMers is also a critical element of how we improve employee engagement. And this is hyper-localized, right? So like with many other companies, IBM operates across the globe in a number of different countries with different lines of business. To be able to isolate in country X for job type Y is where IBMers are talking about a certain type of issue or a certain type of opportunity area like career journeys, and they're looking for more clarity around that. That level of hyper-localized sentiment enables us to act with precision, solving a problem where we see it beginning to have some lead indicators. So upfront, we can go and then tackle the opportunity that's emerging. Okay, what are some key takeaways you'd like people to remember after listening to this? Absolutely. You know, we're all in a new normal with the pandemic, and that has meant accelerated digital transformations for all of us across industries and professions. To give you an example, at IBM itself, we have bots that help IBMers with you know, all kinds of employee service requests, like you want to change your address, you have a question around your benefits plan, um, very small transactional tasks, but important tasks, important to you as an employee. And that's that we'll see more and more of that accelerating digital transformations. All the examples that I shared with you, whether it's learning or jobs or this bot, they all start not as a massive big bang project, but a small pilot where you prove value, you iterate with the users, co-create, and then scale. And if there's one thing that I want to leave you all with, don't get intimidated by the complexity or the perceived complexity of AI. These bots can now be trained in a matter of weeks. That's the reality of what the technology is today. Get started with pilots, prove value, and scale, and you'll be successful and you'll enjoy this as much as I do. So perhaps a a final question, Angel, is if any company leaders are listening to this and they're thinking, I'm sold, I want to introduce AI for employee experience, we're not doing this already. How do they get started and what what data points do they need to to get this rolling? I always encourage people to think about a few problems before you get started, right? Uh, Think about the most important thing before you get started is not, should I go and get a data scientist or should I collect data? But be clear on what is the business opportunity, the business problem, and the user problem that you're trying to solve. And while this sounds simple, most of the projects that fail, fail because 
of lack of clarity of the business problem and the user journey. So it's one thing to know what the user problem is. It's another thing to know how this connects to the user journey. The, the example you were asking around Pippa earlier, what does this learning journey mean for you? You have a current learning journey. You have some learning assets that are provided to you. You might go and learn over a cup of coffee with your friend. You might go and learn at some peer social learning forums that you have. How does the learning experience that we would provide fit in your user journey? So this notion of connectedness in your user journey is another important aspect that I think leaders should think about before embarking on any project. Once you have these pieces figured out, which is you have a problem that's worth solving and it's addressable, then think about, do you have the right capability to solve it? Do you have the right data? Do you have the right individuals, the right leader to get started on your journey? But either way, always start with a pilot, prove value and then scale. Okay. Thank you so much.